from the Tapped Out Wrestling Network studio. We bring you the original Tapped Out Wrestling podcast with your host, Nick McDaniel and Myron Fancher. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the another special interview edition of the Tapped Out Wrestling Podcast. Uh, I am Nick. I am flying solo on the host chairs, but not solo, of course. Why, how could I fly solo on an interview show? That'd be pretty boring, wouldn't you think? Uh, but man, I am joined by Curtis Cole from Rocky Mountain Pro. Uh, how's it going, buddy? Oh, I'm awesome, dude. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Definitely. Well, if you if you listened a couple of weeks, uh, you know, back to the uh, Matthew Yaden interview, you knew I was going to be calling at some point. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, something I was, and I'm going to ask a question here, but I, I need to tell you this up front. Uh, it, I, I told him the story, so I'm going to tell you to your face. The first time you walked out, I went, "Huh?" You know, kinda, it was, a, <laughs> and then and then I saw you wrestle, and I went, "Okay, never mind." Thank you. You know, I stand corrected. Uh, and he went on a great promo for you talking about how, you know, you're new into the business, relatively speaking, and how far you've come in such a short time. Uh, but before we get that down that far, I always ask you, know, just tell, you know, the, tell the fans out there a little bit about yourself, you know, just kind of, we'll get into all the details of training, et cetera, but just a little bit about yourself. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, outside of the, uh, wrestling business, I'm a massage therapist, which is like my second passion. I love that crap. But I mean, honestly, I love just drinking beer, playing video games, just <laughs> hanging out, watching wrestling constantly, being around my friends, talking about wrestling. Um, pretty much since I joined the school, that's all I really think about, which is uh, alarming. I, I stopped watching wrestling when I was like 15. Then I went 15 more years without even thinking about it. One of, my roommate bought me a DVD, for, uh, Legends of 80s wrestling or something like that and i got reminded how great this stuff was and i just jumped back into it and now it's gotten way too out of hand so that pretty much sums it up truthfully well i mean if it's your if it's your what's your you know it's your chosen profession at this point obviously you know you're going to dive head first into it hopefully so. right <laughs> um, and one of the things that uh, i i always you know tend to hear and uh i i'm not in the business so i always i always go to the respect card i always give it but one of the things i've always said to a lot of the younger generation is watch tape watch yes. dvds oh my goodness goodness yeah get the um, network <laughs> for crying out loud that's the biggest one i when i hear uh on other podcasts when they when wrestlers are asked do you have the network and they're like no i'm like how how can you not yeah you, you nailed it i mean i did i watch actually so i know the viewers can't or the listeners can't see it i keep a little uh list right here and anytime i watch wrestling i write stuff down so it's just filled up with just crap anytime i watch a match something somebody might do and might not even be a move they might be just a gesture or a way that they identify with the crowd like it's it's so important like if you don't know where the business came from like how are you gonna help take it anywhere right like if you just if you just want to get in the ring and do cool moves that you saw awesome but yeah, if, if you respect it, it'll respect you back. Yeah, and it's I'll actually ask you this because you uh, it's just literally a podcast I listened to picking my kid up from school not too long ago. Uh, like, literally, like, when I mean not too long ago, I mean, like, an hour ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, literally, and it was funny. Uh, I listened to uh, big fans, believe it or not. I, I give props to other podcasts on my show. Uh, the MLW Network, uh, Court Bauer and MSL have a show. I'm, I'm a big fan of Court Bauer. Um, because he has a lot of that old school, and one of the things he talked about 
was the the recent and actually I'll lead it because I'm going to ask you because it's such a hot topic I'll ask you right out of the gate the uh, the Randy Orton tweet that got went you know that got spiraled out of control um, it, I, I can see some of it and I and I and I say it with all due respect I see some of what they were trying what I think what he was maybe hoping to say but yeah. uh, before I take give you my input on it what was your take on the whole um. What's funny is the first when I first read it, like so Randy was really nice to me when I was an extra at WWE. So I have like a soft spot for all the people that were nice to me. But he read that and I was like, damn it, like I know I should be offended, but this guy's views of wrestling are very different from my own. Like he never uh like I know he, he grew up in the industry and I'm he's been there for God so many years. Um like, I understand where he's coming from, but I don't think he understands, like, how hard you need to work just to get people to like you. Like, if you're in WWE, you know, you can go in the middle of the ring and you can fart in the microphone and somebody's going to react positively. But, like, when you're catering to a room, I've wrestled and I think the least amount of people I've wrestled in front of was, like, eight, like, eight people. So you have to, like, kill yourself just to get approval and hope that they want to come back and tell their friends, like you got to step it up constantly just to have people give a shit. Um, he's never, I mean, I know that he's done lower stuff for OVW and all that, but he's never had that like desperation feeling where it's like, okay, I'm going to cut my damn arm off. If you guys accept me, like, I don't know. That's, that's my take on it. So I, I, I would lean more towards, I don't want to use the word offended, but just like, he just doesn't know. He doesn't know, man. <laughs> he was uh it's funny we have a on our show i'll kind of give you a quick see what your what your opinion on us again i have complete and utter respect for randy orton because there's absolutely he, he does tons of things you know he's been and he's got, done many things i would never ever get to but i i you know i've heard this from other people and and how and seth rollins did a podcast once and i heard him say randy's infamous for being safe never take the risk yep and uh, it's a, there's a joke. One of our other hosts on the one on our on our Raw recap show and our SmackDown recap show says he compared Randy Orton to a uh, Dairy Queen chocolate dip cone. He goes, "It's completely satisfying. You'll love it, but it's never yeah, the best." He goes, "But it's never the best thing on the menu." <laughs> and so I kind of <laughs> that's wow, that's a hell of an analogy. I like that. Uh, yeah. Um, so and it, it makes sense when you really think about it. Yeah, uh, and you know, because apparently the podcast, I'll give you the background. Is uh, Seth made a comment of the the curb stomp at their WrestleMania match that they had. Seth had to talk him into that spot, that curb taunt, curb stomp into an RKO. Um, you know, he had to uh, he had to talk him into that, mm-hmm. and so that was kind of you know weird, just that he had to talk him into that spot because Randy was like, ah, you know, I don't know, let's play it safe, you know. But- so real quick, I had, to, I had to plug my phone, and I'm sorry if this the audio sounds different. But Seth is the one that took the bump, <laughs> right? But he didn't want to risk missing it because uh, here's the crazy story of that whole spot. And I, I hate to go off on a tangent on this, but I just thought it was hilarious. Oh, no, it's okay. Um, he, they never hit the move in practice. Okay, and he was afraid. Randy was afraid per Seth that they would miss the spot and it would look bad at WrestleMania. 
because they never hit it, you know, rehearsing it. They never, they never could get it right. And at literally at gorilla, Seth is like, come on, you know? And finally yeah. Randy looks at him and goes, okay, we're going to do it. And then they went out. You know? it's, it's, I mean, I think it's his best RKO ever. It is. It's fucking awesome. I, I popped like crazy when I saw that. But would you agree though? It's because Seth, they took the chance and that's always been, and it kind of goes back to the original issue. Um, well, first of all, let's, let's be full disclosure. Rip Rogers did the original tweet. It was a tweet of something, you know, he's the original yeah. tweet. Yeah. Um, and it went, obviously got Bubba involved, you know, Will Ospreay got involved. It was all over the place on, on the internet. Uh, but my take on it is I think the reason why, and this is, I completely agree with court Bauer when I heard this, uh, you guys don't have this problem, and we'll get to the, the why I don't think you have this problem at Rocky Mountain Pro. But in a lot of the indies, there's a promoter, there's no booker. The booker, you know, would give you the story, kind of give you the. St- and when now you go to some of these indie shows, the promoter's just like, "You two guys are fighting tonight." Yeah, and and and, I, and like, what's the direction? And they're like, "No, that's it. You guys are fighting." So then the wrestlers just have to, because there's no story there. They just have to make the match look amazing to draw the crowd in. I mean, would you agree with that? That's, and that's kind of the, I think the problem, not necessarily the wrestlers. No. Yeah. That's no, you're, you're completely right. Having a booker like an outside. eye makes a lot of sense actually. So sometimes we do that. I don't know if you're, are you familiar with Dustin Urich at Rocky mountain pro? He's in two cool dudes. Yes. Yeah. That guy's been wrestling forever. And he, he books, he's the booker for like a lot of the matches where we, what we go up to him and we're like, uh, you know, what do you think about this finish? And he'll be like, ah, I don't know, whatever. And he'll tweak stuff. But yeah, I mean, if you're just doing a basic indie show where you drive four hours and you show up and just wrestle, like you kind of lose, like you kind of just don't give a shit. You're like, okay, let's go do our cool moves. I'm going to get my shit in. You get your shit in. We'll put on a good match. Yeah. I've been watching new Japan wrestling for four weeks. So I'm all hopped up on fucking flips and, <laughs> and all this stuff. But yeah, bookers are essential. Absolutely. I would love a booker for every match that I have. (laughs) And New Japan's an acquired taste. Uh, You know, I always tell people that that's a great Terry Funk line. If I can remember it, it's um, U.S. wrestling is a uh, it's a work made to look like a shoot. And in Japan, it's a shoot trying to make it look like a work. Yeah, dude. Oh, my goodness. I yeah, some of there's stuff that happens in that. So I actually love New Japan. I think it's great, but. Some of the stuff, like, even I'm like, was that real? I think that might have been real. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and that may be the reason why Shinsuke had, didn't have a, uh issue with uh, coming to America, because maybe he was like, you know what? I think I'm done putting my body through all that. Best move he's done ever. Yeah. Plus, I mean, hell, look at how he's been receptive. That dude walked out to SmackDown, didn't do a fucking thing, and got one of the best pops I've heard in 2017 so far. Yeah. All he did was walk to the ring. He just walked to the ring. He didn't do anything. It hasn't, think about it, it hasn't worked a match yet, and he's probably, uh, when you think about it, well, not not when you think about it, he probably is the most over baby, true baby face on the program. Oh, on the card. absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. They were like, okay, Miz, go out and do your promo. And then Shinsuke's going to walk out. Well, why? I'm not feeling Shinsuke. Like, just shut up. Like, they completely took the Miz, and they were like, just set him up. And then he walked out. The violin player thing was beautiful. Like, it was such a good, like, atmospheric thing, because we all knew it was coming, and it let the tension build when he came out. 
Fuck, even I did. My roommates and I lost our shit when he popped out. Oh, and yeah. And we knew he was, like, I mean, we didn't know, but, like, you know, you knew he was going to be up there soon, like the call-up. I'm rambling now. I'm sorry. No, no. I, I, <laughs> hey, dude, that's, that's what we're here to talk about wrestling, and that's what I always tell them. Sometimes we end up conversating, and I told you that before we went on air, that it's that's half of the fun sometimes is just, you know, going on and just talking wrestling as a whole. Uh, but I do want to come back because this is about you. This is about you. We'll, we'll, on the back end, we'll get into the conversations piece. Um, you know, I, I'd heard, like I said, you haven't been in the business that long. First, I'd like, you know, you were saying when you grew up, watching wrestling like what did you watch what was your you know who was your guy you know that kind of thing oh dude bret hart Shawn michaels and razor ramon i'm uh i'll be 33 in two weeks so i man i would watch superstars and monday night raw all the time and i thought Shawn michaels was just my sister had a huge crush on him and i hated him and then when they stuck him with diesel i came around and i was like okay this guy's pretty cool and then he had the iron man match with brett and I was like, all right, awesome. You know, I love Bret Hart. Shawn Michaels put on a good match with this guy. And all that stuff. And then in the background, in the background of all of this, my, one of my favorite wrestling storylines ever, Barry fucking Horowitz. When he beat Skip. Like, because that's, that's back when jobbers were very common. Yeah. Like, you watch Superstars, you're going to get one match with two wrestlers, you know, that you know. And then the rest of the jobbers. And then I remember Barry Horowitz, he lost for weeks and weeks. And then he pinned Skip of the Body Donnas. And I lost my fucking mind. Like, I couldn't believe it. I knew wrestling was, like, kind of bullshit. But when that happened, I just, I marked out. Like, and, and that's kind of when, like, the light went off in my head. Like, this is awesome storytelling. I love comic books and video games and all this stuff. And this is, like, I'm a huge fan of Rocky my whole life. And that reminded me of Rocky, like just this dude coming out, patting himself on the back, and then it kept going, and eventually it ran its course, kind of like the Ellsworth thing. But like, it's just, it's good storytelling, man. Like, it makes you forget how horrible life can be and all this shit, and just, I don't know. It's a it's, yeah, it's one of those things where when we have this conversation, I'm 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 ten years your senior, I'm forty three. And, All right. Yeah, and so uh, you know, when people ask me, they're like, "You're 43 years old." You and I, and it's the the famous story on our podcast is my, one of my first memories is I was a three year old sitting on my great grandfather's lap watching Dusty Rhodes wrestle, you know, and that's kind of cool. one of my earliest memories. And the, you know, so you're talking 76. Um, so it's a good memory, but I like that. That's yeah, awesome. it is. And it's, and I, there's a, there's a picture that was taken that day somewhere. I haven't seen it in forever, but I'm sure my, my dad still has it. It's cause it's me, my dad and my great grandfather that day. I've got the, the cheap, you want to talk about t-shirts, man. It's the white t-shirt with the pink, like iron on, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, like you feel it. <laughs> oh, you can feel it. It's ironed on, man. It's, you know, and I, and I bought it at it. I could even tell you the arena we got it at. That's how crazy it is. But, and that's, you know, way back when, um, but it's just, you know, it's just a totally different time, you know, different era, you know, between now and then. And uh, so, yeah, it's just crazy, crazy stuff. But, um, you know, between that, the eras as it goes along, you know, it's just times have changed and we're, we're into a modern, you know, the more modern stuff. But they asked me, you know, how do you still watch it? You're 43 years old. And I'm like, dude, uh, life is, it can be just, just 
fucking depressing sometimes. You know, what what would you rather me watch? Sit there and watch the six o'clock news and, you know, hear the, all the, you know, I can get my news somewhere else. I just don't need to watch, you know, how bad the world is today. Um, you know, and just the, the escape, like you said, just to get into it. And, uh, when the stories are done well, dude, it's, 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 it's awesome. And then, and I'm obviously I'm a comic book guy too. So that's probably where that comes from. You nailed the button. Um, have you ever, uh, have you ever seen the YouTube video called wrestling isn't wrestling? Mm-mm. I will send you that link. All of your viewers or listeners, I keep saying viewers, sorry. Listeners, everybody here, one of my favorite YouTube clips out there is called Wrestling Isn't Wrestling. And it's uh, John Landis, his son. John Landis is the guy that directed uh, Gremlins, American Werewolf in London, all this stuff. His son created a 25-minute storytelling thing about Triple H. Triple H from when he was basically like a dog-breeding fucking blue blood when he showed up to WWE mm-hmm. to the, who he is now and awesome visuals. Like it's visually pleasing. The storytelling's fantastic. And he talks about how wrestling is everything except actual wrestling. It's storytelling and comic books and it's fucking breaking bad mixed with Spartacus mixed with all this stuff. And it's just complete bullshit. But when it's done right, like you said, it's the one of the greatest storytelling like uh, modalities you can use. A perfect example is look at the fucking Undertaker. How that guy started out. He showed up as an un, a fucking dead zombie or whatever he was. And that guy literally made thousands of grown men cry last month. Yeah. Like... I, my roommates and I sat here and we didn't say anything. My roommates, uh, one of them, um, she's, she's a girl and she's not super into wrestling. And even she sat here and she felt how important it was. Like you could feel it like, Oh, this, some shit's hitting the fan here. Like it's not, this isn't anything about suplexes or fucking greasy men grappling. It's like, there's a story being told and it's fucking hitting me in a weird way. And I can't explain it. (laughs) We had the, uh, we had the very unfortunate, uh, thing of we had to do wrap your mind around this we do a we did a live post show rest, you know post wrestlemania where yeah. ca- callers and everything and we banked we were like okay well the pay-per-view's got to be over so we'll do the we started the show live at midnight eastern time the freaking pay-per-view wasn't done yet or no it was 11 <laughs> it was a uh, yeah it was 12 because the pay-per-view didn't end until like it was like twelve fifteen or mm-hmm. something eastern time and we literally like if you and you can't the visual's horrible. I get it. We do this a lot. If you look straight ahead to my left, at it, kind of slightly to my left, my TV in the other room. Like God, God bless her. We talked about how great my wife was. She let me put a seventy inch down in the basement. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, I can see it from here in my in my studio. We were having to do the show, watching the ending of the pay per view with all that going on, and then try to get, you know get ourselves composed. Because you're right. I mean, here I am. I've watched this guy. I mean, I saw Texas Red and World Class Championship Wrestling. Right? Right? So, yeah, were, yeah. Mark Calloway and WCW. <laughs> yeah. And then to sit there and say, because, you know, it's, and it's, people laugh about how emotional grown men can get about wrestling. 
And uh, that's, you know, it's, it's the passion. It's the, you know, how much they just suck you in. And when it's done right, it's, it's better than any. And I tell people that if it's done right, it's better than any TV show you can bring me. Yep. Because it's, uh, sorry, what's that? No, I said, because it's not when it's done correctly, it's not a three year TV series. It undertaker's TV show is 30, you know, plus years you know, that you've been invested in a television show that he's been involved with, which, which is his career. And, you know, it just sucks you yeah. in completely. So absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I grew, I grew up literally knowing who the undertaker is my entire life. Like that's, he's been a part of my life. He's probably a slight reason why I love wrestling so much. And like to watch that end is just kind of like, wow, like, I didn't realize how much this meant to me until it got fucking pulled out of me hard, like yeah. hard. It felt like a pet died or like a girlfriend broke up with me that I've been with for years or something. It, it was like the same kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, it's funny cause my wife sometimes calls me, ext- you know, I'm not a cold hearted guy. I'm not by any stretch, but when celebrities pass, I don't, they just, you know, they're, they're, I'm like, they're celebrities. It just doesn't, right. I, don't, yeah. I don't connect on that level. She, she, literally had to double take when dusty passed she caught me in the bathroom crying yeah and and she she looked at me she goes are you are you really crying and i was like yeah yeah and she said she she was like i I just it that's just not you and i and i go back to my story of three years old watch you know my first memories are dusty roads and he was my guy for 40 years, you know, for, you know, of, or, you know, well, not, not you know, 38, 39 of my life. And so to when he passed, that was the first one that hit close, so close to home that it's because it was associated with my great grandfather who's been long past and, you know, and mm-hmm. so forth and so on. So it, again, when wrestling's done right, it, I just don't think there's anything better. And that's why at 43, I'm still a grown man watching wrestling. There's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely. I mean, it's the same thing as, a TV show you like, a movie you like, it's it's the same thing. It's a genuine effort from people to entertain you. Yeah. So if once you, everybody appreciates something. So some of us have just appreciated guys in spandex pretending to fight each other. That's yeah. just <laughs> but it's like you said, it's never really the wrestling. When you think there are obviously, I agree, Brett, Sean, Iron Man, that's a match that like is stuck in your mind. You can't get rid of. But mostly, if you think about your memories of wrestling, they're moments. They're not matches. It's you it. Yeah, your generation is it probably Tyson in the ring with Austin? You know, stuff like that. Yeah, it, oh man! So actually, it's funny. I was at work yesterday, and I uh, well, one of my clients didn't show up. Like I said, I'm a massage therapist, and I sat around watching wrestling on YouTube, and I made my way to my favorite clip of wrestling ever. And I was, I didn't realize it, but I was laughing and kind of squeeing and giggling in the corner. It's when WCW and ECW are beating up everybody in the ring and Stone Cold shows up. Do you remember this one? I actually saw this. I saw this the other day. I think you put it up on Facebook. I I, I put that up on Facebook once a year. Like once a year, I pop it up on Facebook. And dude, when he comes out to the ring, and the glass breaks, and the fans lose their fucking minds. And so that's another that's another avenue of it. Like, it's a camaraderie thing. Like, we're all wrestling fans. Like, I don't know you at all personally, 
but you and I could probably get along for a fucking year straight before we're going to piss each other off because we're wrestling fans. <laughs> like, so when you hear fans pop and you hear the reaction, it gets you going and you start losing your fucking mind and then Austin comes out and starts stunning everybody and it's just Jim Ross is fucking yelling and you're just like, damn it, like, what is better than this? There's nothing better than this. Like, I can't think of one movie where I'm like, yeah, fuck, ah, I can lose my shit. And yeah, I mean... I, I see that clip, I lose my fucking mind. Uh, when I said I, I make a joke a lot of times about uh, there's two moments where it's been insane. Uh, I've been to the Georgia Georgia Dome twice to watch wrestling in my lifetime. Once is the, right. once is a night Goldberg defeated Hogan for the title in the Georgia Dome. Oh, you were wait? Did you say you were there? I was in. I was actually in a box. I had we had a box of wait the WCW show. Yeah. In the Georgia on Dome. Monday Nitro. Yeah, Nitro where uh, Goldberg defeats Hogan. I was there Shut in the, the fuck up. You were there? I was there. Uh, fr- <laughs> a friend of mine a friend of mine had a friend who had a box and we all went down and watched, you know, from the from the box seat from the suite. Uh, and then of course WrestleMania in the dome. I, you know, I was there as well. And it's j- the joke of I'm just hanging out with like eighty thousand of my closest friends, you know, watching wrestling. Now it is, man. That's, Absolutely. And it's you, a bomb. If you if you took us eighty thousand people out of that dome and tried to get us to get along, we would probably half of us. You know, we would hate each other. It wouldn't work. Yeah. But it's the common bond. So uh, yeah, I mean, but you know, that's wrestling, man. That's you know, that's the passion and you know that it, that it draws that emotion out and uh and that's you know obviously you have it. Um. So again, when you you know what what was the determining factor when you finally turned that corner and go like this is what I want to do. Um. So I, uh, when I showed up to the Mercury Pro Wrestling Academy, I just wanted to be a wrestler before I got too old. I just wanted to say I did it. Like, I wanted to wrestle in front of 50 people at a bingo hall, you know? I didn't care. Um, the, what did it was fans started really catching on to me really quick for some reason. Buying my t-shirts and holding signs and stuff. And then um, I found out I was, I found out the day of, at Milestone 6 in June. That's, Milestone's kind of like our WrestleMania. That's mm-hmm. like our big event. Milestone 6, I was set to win the Charged title, which is like our TV title or Intercontinental Championship, whatever you want to call it. Like the mid-card title. And uh, me and Danger Dean and Anaya, we put the match together, fuck, man, 20, 30 minutes before we were on. Wow. And it came together. It came together so well and it flowed so well and I fucking pinned an eye and I got up and the ref, Martin, handed me my belt. And if you watch that clip, dude, like my face is like I can't believe it. Like I didn't know it was gonna happen. I started fucking crying, like in the middle of the ring. And I grabbed it and just held it against my head. And the fans are all cheering and everybody was super happy. And after that I was like, okay, well, I've already accomplished more than I wanted, which was just to win a title. And then I was like, well, fuck, I can't stop now. <laughs> um, then two months later, dude, Matt Yaden called me and he was like, hey, are you uh, actually half black? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, okay, cool. Well, I'm filling out forms for Monday Night Raw to send some of you as extras. Then I got picked to fucking fight Braun Strowman, and then after that, dude, when you walk down the ramp at Monday Night Raw, and you're in the wrestling ring, like, you're in the one ring on the planet that it really, like, matters. Like, not that none of them matter, but, like, this is the ring. This is the ring I lusted over. And you're in there, and I I said this before, like, 
There's nothing else going on in WWE right now. There's no shows anywhere. I'm the one in the fucking ring. Yeah. Like, this is like, you know, like, holy shit. And when you're looking around and there's what, like 15,000 fans or whatever, and they're all just excited to see me get fucking murdered. Like, whatever, <laughs> though. Like, I'm pleasing them. That's fine. After that, I was like, well, I have to. Like, I can't. Like, I, I got to keep going. Like, I'm not going to stop anytime fucking soon now. Like, so that's right when I started training the kids and I stepped up my training and I started getting better and progressing and progressing. And it's just, I can't stop now, man. It's all I think about. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah well, well, and actually, the funny part is, you just gave me three topics I wanted to talk about with you. So, all right, I'm sorry. no, 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 you're good, you're good, because that's actually what you, you set it up perfectly. You know, the first and foremost was, you know, I was going to ask you about LeBron, you know, the match with the Strowman, uh, kind of the three on one. It was three on one, right? My memories, yes, sir. Yeah, it was three. Okay, um, because you remember he progressed where he had two, and then it was three, and then it was like a bunch. Yeah. yeah. So, and I, I was like, yeah, it was the three on one. Tell me, I mean, like I said, you. Just being there, like you said, that whole feeling of being in the back and then, you know, finally walking down the ramp, hitting the ring, 15,000 people, you know, bronze music hits. What like what goes through your mind when that, when his music hits and he, he hits the ramp? It's funny. We were all on like ecstasy, practically. You know, we're in the ring with Byron talking. But, but oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm skipping ahead. I remember being in the ring. Um. They, you know, we were on commercial break, and they told us to get in the ring. We're about to come back. And then we heard bronze fucking music on. It was like, Whoa! you know, that yell? Yeah. And I remember looking at a walk down, and I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, what the fuck am I doing here, dude? Like, this is me. Like, I'm 190 pounds. That's a fuck. Like, a, bronze a nice guy, but fuck, man. Like, I've seen these matches. I know how this ends. Like, This doesn't end well for you, right? <laughs> no matter how you slice it. <laughs> No, I ended up getting six staples in my head, but uh, it was like, you know, what's funny is um, I was so calm. Like, uh, I'm more nervous in front of 50 people than I am in front of 50 or 15,000 at the Pepsi Center. Like, in that ring, you can't do anything wrong. Like, fans are just, they're there for the experience. They're not there for the wrestling. Whereas indie wrestling, it's like, you know, don't fuck up. We're going to chant. Botchamania, or you fucked up or whatever. WWE's like, shit, I could, I don't know, I could have taken a piss in the middle of the ring. Nobody would have cared. They would have said he scared the piss out of you. It would have, that would have been the angle. Yeah, I wear white tights, too. I was like, dude, my I'm, my shit is going to show up, dude. People are going to see I shit my pants. I'm shitting my pants right now. Um, but it was cool because I had a lot of friends there, and my roommates were there, which meant, like, I'm fucking, I didn't know where they were sitting, and I kept looking around for them. And just the fact that all of them were there made me feel a lot better. It was one of the best moments of my life. So it just, uh, I don't know. Like, it was a blur. It just, I showed up and it happened. Like, I don't remember any of it at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so let me, and it's because, you know, I a little bit, not too much, obviously, behind the, you know, like, when you're there, who gives you, like, your instructions? Like, who's the, who's the you know, is it an agent? I'm assuming Oh, fuck me, dude. Um, So we got done with our physicals, and Arn Anderson walked up to us. And he was like, okay, boys, we're going to have three of you fight Braun tonight, so go get geared up, and we're going to go find out who's fighting or who we're going to use. And some of my friends looked at me like Anaya and Humphrey Jacobs and stuff, and they all looked at me, and they were like, you're going to die. <laughs> I was like, I know. Shut up. Um, We walked out, and sitting there, we lined up, 
we lined up in front of Fit Finley, Dean Malenko, uh, Arn Anderson, and uh, uh, one other guy. I can't remember who it was. Bob Backlund was there for a little bit, too. And I was just, like, I was more nervous for that. And Arn walked up to me first. First. And said, boy, you look like an eight-foot-tall caveman. There's no way I'm not putting you on TV tonight. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. <laughs> like, I was so thankful. But I was, at the same time, I was like, I'm going to die. Um, and it never occurred to me that I was on Monday Night Raw until it happened. Like, it was, it was just kind of like doing another match. Like, the, it never hit me. And then when I got in the back, Jericho checked on me because I was bleeding everywhere. Sami Zayn came back because he was part of the match also, and he thanked me for what I did in the ring. And uh, Goldust checked on me and a couple other guys. The next night, um, Bray Wyatt came and found me because he told Braun he, was, he would make sure that I was okay. Nice. I thought that was pretty cool. Like, I was like, wow. Thank you. You're brave fucking white. I can't believe that you're doing this. Um, But the whole backstage vibe, man, for jobbers and extras, they treat you like you're just one of the boys. They're so nice. Every single one of them goes out of their way to shake your hand. Thank you for coming. Nice to meet you. Um, And ironically, I've said this to people before. One of the nicest fucking people backstage at that. Guess who it was? I'll give you one guess. Nicest people in the world. Uh, you got me. Who? It's the most ironic answer right now. If it's, is it topical? Yes. Orton. No, he did introduce himself to me though, which was very nice. He's very humble. No, JBL oh. was probably <laughs> the nicest person to us out of everybody. Man, so that's, that's why I hate seeing stuff for him right now. Because I was like, oh, he's a really nice fucking guy, actually. That that's you know, it, but it's a whole, I, you know, because that's why I, I do tell people a lot when you hear things. And I'm about to, uh, I'm going to come back to this question. You, you you're great at leading me to the questions I want to go to uh, about people who get a bad rap, right? I, well, you know where I'm going to go with that later. But um, I did want it because the other thing you had, you did uh, touch on there uh, after that was you talked about the academy. Um, mm-hmm. because the vibe, you know, back at, you know, backstage at raw, you were talking about how, you know, it's, it was a great vibe. They were super cool, super nice. That's what I hear about the Mercury, you know, wrestling Academy as well as everybody's really cool. It's very much like a family environment. Everybody helps everybody. Uh, you know, we, you already mentioned that a little bit. Um, and, uh, but I, one of the specific thing I want to ask you, cause you know, when I talked to Matthew Yaden about the uh, that, he kind of gave me the scoop on that. But one of the things he addressed to me to ask you about is that you were doing so well, and one of the things that how much of a team player you were that you took the kids' class on at the academy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, I got my headphones back in. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. Okay, okay, sorry. Yeah, I uh, there was just I was about. Eight months into training, and there was one day where Matt couldn't make it early, and nobody was going to teach the kids' class, so I volunteered, and I loved it so much. Um, These kids are great, and they bust their asses, and I just – I fell in love with it, so I just – I was like, do you want me to just – like, I train twice a week. Like, do you want me to just show up early and just take care of it? Um, What's so much fun is just – getting to work one-on-one with those kids and really get the character out of them. And right now there's like three kids there that we're really focusing on like the move set now. Like we're not 
teaching suplexes anymore or learning how to throw a punch. Now it's like, okay, well, what would you do? Like there's this one girl named Izzy. She's 11 and she's a perfect image of Charlotte Flair. Like she looks like Flair. Her hair's the same. She's a, a jerk when she's in the ring. She's just like a bastard. And it's so good. Like she's a heel, man. Like she's never going to be a face. So we started working on that. We were working on like how to cheat. Like let's land some eye pokes Hit me with this chair. Let's make sure you got this down. And the parents r- receive it really well because they see their kids getting really good, like, direct training for somebody that kind of gives a shit. Like, not to put myself over here, but, like, like I want, the, I want the, the kids to be able to wrestle, like, who they want to wrestle like. Like, for example, this other kid, Hunter, I, I was like, okay, who's one of your favorite wrestlers? And he said, Kenny Omega. And I was like, perfect, let's work on some awesome knee strikes because Kenny Omega's knee strikes are probably the best in wrestling right now. Like, So I was like, let's get these down for you so you can do them just like the person that you like instead of showing up and learning how to run ropes and stuff, which we, you know, we're going to do, but like, let's get a good experience out of it also so you want to come back. And so when you're old enough to wrestle, you're going to be set, man. Like, you're set. <laughs> yeah. I'm rambling again, sorry. No, that's actually, this is that's one of the topics I wanted to, talk about with the academy you know as far as your training there uh twofold your teaching and your training uh you know because uh that's one of the things i hear obviously is your passion for obviously for the business if you're teaching the kids right uh yeah. but two uh that you know we hear that a lot of the wrestlers at the, the academy progress super fast compared to, to other other <laughs> other schools that we hear, and uh, it's all attributed to the, 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 the pretty much the family and the team environment that's there. I mean, is that would you agree with that? Oh my goodness, dude! It's uh, when you walk into it, you think it's going to be something, and it's just something totally different. Matt Yaden and Ryan Hood and Anaya, like they don't like if you are dragging your ass, like they're going to rip you apart. Not in like a jock bully way, like. I've seen them sit like sit people down and just be like, why are you fucking here? Like, do you want to be a wrestler? Like, do you want to be a wrestler? And, you know, the kid says yes. And they're just like, okay, well, I can't tell because you don't give a shit. You're showing up and wasting our time. Now I've got to take my time out of the way to, like, coach you instead of everybody training together. Like, and it just um, – they get you on the same page so fast that the only thing you care about is just keeping up. I was the same way. I was the worst student when we started. They all wished I quit. Matt even told me that. Like, when I would show up, people would be like, ah, that sucks. He's here. Because I had a shit attitude, and I didn't want to work hard. And then I just, I clicked one day, and I was like, okay, I'm sick of getting, like, left in the dust. And then I just started trying to keep up, and then I started passing people. And before I know it, I got a fucking title. And then before I know it, like all this stuff's happening and oh, holy shit, I'm on raw. Like, yeah, like they just, um, it gets shoved down your throat so hard in such a good way that you can't not fall in love with it. On top of that, there's seminar, like the first year I did seminars with Robbie E two with brutal Bob Evans from ring of honor, crimson from TNA, Mickey James sat me down and went over one of my matches with me with her husband, um, Nick Aldis, right next mm-hmm. to me, who was a GFW champion. He's in TNA. He's a TNA champ. Jax Dane is a, you know, he came in with Rob Conway, all this stuff. This is my first fucking year. Like, I, my first fucking year of wrestling training, and I'm sitting down next to Mickey James going over one of my matches. Like, 
like Matt just like he took an idea of having a wrestling school and then just said, okay, well, how am I going to be better than every single other person out there? And then it, now it's just like a school on steroids. Like it doesn't make fucking sense how efficient like this place is. I can't put it over enough. Like so much that I fuck volunteered to it till Matt was like, let me pay you. And I was just like, no, I'm fine. He's like, no, dude, like, <laughs> Like, you're here all of the time. Like, I can't get rid of you. Like, that's just how much. And I just showed up wanting to wrestle in front of 50 people just to say I did it. And now, fuck, it's all I can think about. And now, about. and now you've wrestled in front of 15,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It's weird. Real weird. And uh, I can imagine when that gets in your veins, that feeling that, you know, because even if, you know, you know going out there, you know what's about to happen. But just that mm-hmm. reaction you know that it, it just the 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 you know the goosebumps that probably had to hit when fifteen thousand people are reacting because I you know they they know what's coming they know the car crash is coming right oh dude oh yeah who does who doesn't want to see that three skinny guys in the ring and Braun Strowman walks out and you're like yeah these guys are gonna fucking die <laughs> yeah like everybody likes a good bloodbath now and then um but yeah it was cool I heard some people chanting Curtis Cole in the audience which popped me so hard i thought i was gonna get a boner because <laughs> uh, they didn't announce our names you know they didn't let us use our names my name in wwe is lee lynn um tyler Simpson, i know you're, I know you're gonna talk to him soon his name is ralph marsh i actually Please for some fun. reason i remember that i actually do remember make fun that. of him <laughs> everybody at the school calls him running ralph marsh because he tried to run away from Braun and just got bulldozed yeah that's uh i've seen that picture and i actually obviously i watched i it. love that picture yeah and i had to watch it live i mean because you know we do a recap show of raw right after it yeah yeah and so yeah so we're watching it live and i probably truth be told have that picture because awesome. uh, uh, i yeah i snap screenshots and live tweet during raw and i probably captured that picture if i if i know me and my taste it's probably somewhere back in my twitter feed that's um, awesome. Yeah, it's a uh, but and uh, the other thing about the school that when I was talking to Matt, we were you know one of the things I really thought was really cool is one of the things he can offer at his you know at the school and you're there and I want to ask you if it does, if it's true from a wrestler's perspective that he's got a built-in show a built-in arena the, the training it's all right there that he can literally say like okay guys when we're when we're training it's kind of the NXT concept I mean in the grand scheme of things when you think about it. You're going to be able to walk that ramp how many times before you ever hit TV? You're going to be in that rink. It's like so after a while when you're like, "Hey, we're putting you on TV tonight." It's not. It's nothing new. You've done this. They they can tell you that you've done this. Mm-hmm. Now just go out there and do what you do. Yes, sir. Um. So when I found the school, I didn't know that they had that show. And then when I went there and figured, and I, I saw it in person, I was told immediately. Um. So a weird thing about the wrestling industry, like if you go to a school that doesn't perform live in association with that school, um, you've got to do it yourself. You've got to get booked and you've got to show up at some point and say, I've never really had a match. Actually, it's my first one. Thank you for booking me. This one, my first match ever, Matt Yaden beat the living fucking shit out of me for 12 minutes in front of 200 people. Um, like, but it was my mentor, was my coach, and he wanted to make sure that I didn't fail. And then they paired me up with people from the school for all my matches coming, like, going forward. Like, here, take care of Curtis. Like, we're going to put you with Jason Knoll or, like, Anaya or Hoodie 
or Mario Vanger. Like all these guys can lead you. So it's like it's really interesting because it's like they're holding your hand until you're ready to just get out on your own. Um, instead of yeah, training in a warehouse for six months and going out and thinking you got this and then shit in the bed in front of 300 people at a promotion that will never, ever want you back because you fucking suck. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, if you suck in front of these guys, they're like, Oh, we've already invested in you. You train here. We'll just try again next week. Don't worry about it. Shake it off. Have a beer. Actually, that was, that was actually the, the, uh, the thing I was going to ask. And you, you said it is that they, they're invested in your success. It's not a school who goes, I got your money. I trained you. Good luck. You know, yep. it's it's they're sitting here going, we don't want to put you because it's a twofold thing for 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 Rocky Mountain Pro. They're investing in your training, but it's also like, hey, we're not going to put you on TV until you're ready because it's our product. And then two, right. we're not going to, you know, we're invested in you, so we're going to make sure you are ready to put you onto the product, and we want you to be successful because it helps right. our show. It's kind of like a you know back and forth. It helps both of them, and I think that's a phenomenal you know thing that he has at that school that it helps. I think the student. And him, obviously, but as mm-hmm. a whole, I think it's it's beneficial both ways. You nailed it, yeah. Uh, just the, the homegrown talent aspect of it, like it, uh, everybody's invested. Like it's not some promoter who doesn't give a shit if you come back or not, or it's not some wrestler that shows up and thinks the promotion's shit. It's like, like we train in the same ring in the same arena that we do shows in, like. During training, we might go over something and say, "Oh, let's use that in the show." I think I'm wrestling you next week. Let's let's work this out really quick, like, and make sure that it's perfect. Um, and I, man, it's just, uh, it's it's, well, I don't know. God's blessed me so much with it. Like, it's, uh, it doesn't get better than that. Like, I'm not going to ever find something like you said short of NXT. Go to the performance center when you're ready. We'll put you on NXT. It's the same thing. It's yeah. just a smaller scale. Right. <laughs> That's actually exactly what I compared it to when I talked to Matt. I was like, it's like an NXT. Yes, it's a smaller scale, but you don't have WWE's budget. So it would, of course. Right. It would yeah, be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you kind of went there. Is that kind of your, you know, we've discussed off air some of the promotions that you like and, uh, you know, and even on air. Is, is that kind of your goal? Is that now that you've stood in front of 15,000 on Raw, is it? progress to NXT, you know, WWE, you know, New Japan or, you know, where's where's your target? Um not in it, no. I'm too old, I think. Uh, and I don't, you know, I'm a, I'm this skinny twig guy right now. I'm trying to fix it. Uh right now, are you familiar with Bob Evans? Yeah. Okay. Um so for the uh, the listeners if you're not familiar with Bob Evans, he is like uh, he's like the pastor of wrestling. Um, follow him on Facebook if you can, please, and Twitter. He he preaches just indie wrestling. Um, drive where you need to work, make friends, make connections, say yes, be cool to everybody. Um, that's what I want right now. I just want to get out and just do what I can in front of everybody. Um, NXT is, uh, it's not realistic for me. Um, but what is realistic is maybe I can wrestle in front of 800 people in Kansas city and pull something out of that crowd. And then maybe while I'm in Kansas city, uh, I could shoot over to St. Louis and to a venue that's got 400 people at night and I'll come back home and stay here for the week and train. And then I'll go out next week and wrestle for, I don't know, 300 people here and then go somewhere else and go to Utah and wrestle in front of 400 people that a show Ray Mysterio is a guest at. 
and just get out and like just do it like um when you join re- a wrestling school and you want to be a wrestler you have these dreams of walking down a ramp and, on monday night raw and all of that but when you like fall in love with wrestling it's like no man like i see two people in the crowd that are wearing my t-shirt like that means the fucking world to me like two people are like yeah i'm gonna pay 20 bucks for that guy's shirt so i'm gonna i'm wrestling for them now like i'm like this they bought my fucking t-shirt like that's that's insane it's me i'm like I, I love to drink beer and play video games and all of a sudden people are i don't know so now it's just like just get out i gotta start getting out and just just living it instead of chasing something that might not ever happen while it, it's like having a girl that's always loved you and you always ignore her because you think that you can get a hotter girl and then all of a sudden you're old and you're like, why didn't I just fucking get that girl? She's married now and she's been great to me my whole life. And I just ignored her. I don't know if that makes sense to me. I don't no, know. No, I, I know <laughs> what you're saying. And it's uh, it's one of those things. It's clearly like, a, you know, I keep saying it clearly the passions inside of you. You just want to wrestle. Thank and, you. You know, and, 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 and so, and that's just it. I mean, whether it's, you know, 50, you know, a thousand, you know, and, and, and I, when you said it, I, I kind of wanted to come back, but you were such a role. I didn't want to, you said, you know, you. You, you had a dream. You wanted to walk down the ramp, you know, and wrestle on Monday night raw. I'm like, well, technically you've done that. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> uh, you know, awesome. I mean, you weren't the main event, but you were, you've done it, you know? Um, but so, yeah, I mean, it's just going, you know, God bless us that we're in a time and, uh, and then it's, I'll kind of tell you why, this is kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing now with like with you guys and uh, other, you know, talents, even local talents I'm having on our show that just wrestle nice. here, non-televised. You know, my thing to them is, look, there's so many great indie territories, you know, whatever you want to call them out there. I just mm-hmm. want to bring that to light that, guys, you don't have to wrestle yes. in WWE to make a living, you know, and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. So you may not wrestle in front of 80,000 or 100,000 people at Mania, but I think, you know, you've got, you know, people like the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes and, you know, that are saying, hey, you don't have to, to be happy, you know? Yeah, you nailed it, man. So Absolutely. Just do what you do, man. And as long as you're happy and you're, and, uh, you know, it's funny, one of our, uh, uh, one of the interviews we had was a a gentleman named uh, O'Shea Edwards. And his thing was, man, I just, want to connect if it's one kid in the front row you know uh because yeah the, the thing that you can't get out of mania or is the the intimacy you know you you can you can high five the kid on the front row but his family paid three thousand dollars for that seat, right. you know? <laughs> so it's not you know but at the same time he's like he loves it and he's a heel by the way this this guy he's and he's a dick when he's a heel i'll be blunt with you uh but he's, he's a super nice guy just for the record he's you know we love him but I mean, you know, when he, he sells pictures at his table, the kids come up and go, you were a jerk tonight. He goes, and I'll be a jerk tomorrow. Do you want to buy the picture? <laughs> and the kids are like, yeah. And, yeah. You know, because he still knows. He goes, I know I, know I connected. And uh, I think that's something and I can hear it in your voice when you say it is that you can still click, even if it's that one person right there in the front who bought your shirt that's cheering you on, connect. And that's, that's, that's easier done, in my opinion, at the indie territories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you nailed it. Uh, actually, I was backstage with Martin Casals. Do you know who that is? No, uh, he's Marty the Moth in Lucha Underground. Oh, yes. Okay, there you go. Um, he he's based out of Utah, so he wrestles with us all the time. And I was backstage with him one time, and uh, 
I was like, you know, how do, how do you like Lucha Underground? And he was like, oh, I love it, man. And I was like, I was like, oh, nice. So you're going to stick with it? And he was like, yeah. He was like, I got to tell you, dude. He's like the fans of that place, man. He was like, they keep me coming back every every time. It's just the fans, like, I'm sure you've seen Lucha. The yes. fans are like, they're, they're like ECW worthy, like fans. Like, they're like right there. And he said that, like, they just, like, they keep him going. Like, I mean, Lucha Underground, he didn't say anything bad. He, like, he loves Lucha Underground, but he just said, like, it's the fans that are, like, like, the second you come out, everybody wants to touch you, and they're ready to chant, holy shit, and, you know, when you raise your finger, basically. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like, that's just, I, after he said that, that stuck with me, because I hadn't had that feeling yet. And then, I mean, since then, I've had that feeling a lot, and it's just, like... Yeah, there's this kid. I, I actually train him at the academy. His name's uh, Hayden, and he and his dad come to all of our shows, and they were fans first. And they have a big cardboard head cut out of me, like you know the ones that you see at like NBA games, yeah. like people flashing around. And uh, it's me with pigtails. I always have pigtails when I come out because I shoot people in the face with my rubber bands. And uh, I grabbed the head, and in my last match, I was fighting Filter, and I hit him in the back of the head with. And uh, I, th- I thought that was so funny because I always had pigtails when I come to the ring, and I shoot them at people. So I like took this head and hit Filter in the ring, like in the head, and like in the ring. I'm sorry, I'm getting disgruntled now. Um, and I handed it back to the kid. I said thank you, and he and his dad were laughing so hard, and it like it meant the world to me, like to the point that I like forgot what we were doing. Like, <laughs> I like I got in the ring and I was like. Like shit! Like, what's what am I supposed to do now? Like, I enjoyed that so much, I can't fucking think about anything else. The spot you you lost all your other stuff because you're like, oh, that was awesome. Yeah, enjoy myself. It's a pain in the ass when you really start enjoying yourself in the ring. Everything in your head just goes out the fucking window. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, and then now, let me ask you a question because I always say, you know, we we uh, I, I try to cap you guys not for me but for you. I know you guys are busy. Um, but uh, let's talk about some of your, you know, the matches you've had. Uh, you've been in it, like I said, a relatively short time. I've seen obviously some of your matches. What are some of your favorite matches? I, I hate, I never peg people to go, "What's your favorite?" Because that's too hard to do. Just I some of your it. favorites. Yeah, I always say, "What's some of your favorites?" Um, I do have a favorite match. Yeah, it's Milestone Six when I won my first title, the Charts title. Um, it went so well, and it was received really well by a lot of people, and. It's my first title, you know. Um, another one was the ladder match with Anaya that was on season one of Charged. Um, more so because that was like, he and I were kind of like, okay, well, let's step this up a little bit. That's why I, I actually asked for that suplex off the top. I was like, fucking throw me off this thing, dude. And, you know, then he went through the ladder. He's got a giant scar on his back from it still. Um that one, uh, my first match with Mercury Yaden is uh, he beat the shit out of me. My jaw got popped out of place. I I was sore for a week, but it was my first wrestling match, you know. Um, that and lastly, probably, uh, ironically, my match with Stephen Ashburn, which just uh, aired last week at this time. Um, Russo pulled us aside during training and said. Curtis, you're going to drop the belt to Ashburn. And I was completely okay with it. Um, I thought that I was going to be upset when I eventually lose it. But we told a really good story. And I, it was the one of the first times I felt 
I was telling a bigger story and I wasn't the focal point or I wasn't going to end up the champion. I was just part of it, which is Ashburn and Steven. I'm sorry, Ashburn and Tyler Stinson. Like, uh, I was just part of it and I was a hat. I was happy to do it. And it, it meant a lot. So I was like, Oh, I get it. Like you want to put somebody else over to make the show good, not to get your hand raised or whatever. Like it just, um, it feels good to be a part of it and have people trust you to be a part of it instead of just being a dick. <laughs> well, and it's funny, you know, we addressed this, uh, this, the same podcast I was addressing earlier. Uh, so you can actually attest to this. Um, they were talking about, uh, you know, the whole tweet, the Orton tweet, but he was uh, talking about this current generation of superstars that are coming in court. Bauer, by the way, was addressing this. And he said, he wishes now he was 20 something again, writing for this generation because of exactly what you just said he goes there this generation doesn't have a problem with putting over somebody else doing the right yeah. thing for business as you know story like is when he was writing back in the day you had all the veterans protecting their spot they didn't want to oh, they didn't want to drop titles you know you know they were worried about well, what does it do to me long term you know all that kind of stuff and whereas you know you got you know it was simple. Hey, this is why we're doing this. And you're like, absolutely. It's the right, it's the right thing to do. You know, whereas instead of the old days, it might've been, well, what, what's in it for me? What's the you know, long-term what's in it for me? Well, what's in it for you is you're obviously bringing, you're, you know, putting over two other guys in a story that are going to bring everybody up. So long-term it's more guys to wrestle down the road. Mm-hmm. That means something. So, and you, you brought up the name. So I'll ask. So is, you know, so when Russo comes to you with that idea, you know, and he pitches it to you, what's it like to work for the guy? I mean, as a, as from a wrestler, I've gotten the, to take from a, from a partner, but as a wrestler, you know, what does he give you, you know, week in and week out that you, that you enjoy? Dude. First off, I love Vince Russo. I, I used to run a page on Facebook and had 80,000 fans. It was called WCW remember it. And I would trash that guy constantly. That was a mark. Um, I never thought I'd fucking meet him. I didn't know he lived down the road for me. Um, <laughs> so when I met him, I instantly felt so bad about everything that I had said because he is one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, at the time when I met him, I, uh, I was expecting a child on the way. And I told him that right when I met him. And the next time he saw me, he came up and he gave me a fucking hug. Vince Russo just fucking hugged me. And he's like, hey, Curtis, how's the, uh, how's the kid doing? It's, he didn't ask me anything about wrestling. He asked me how the kid was doing. And I was like, damn it, you're cool. <laughs> um, and the first time he ever brought his wife to a show, he was like, Curtis, come here, come here. And he's like, this is my wife, you know. Uh, and he made it, you know, I shook her hand. And I was like, he just introduced me to his wife. Like, he doesn't need to do that. But he treats us like family. We treat him like family. So um, whatever he says, man, I'm down. Like, I'll break anybody's fucking nose if there's anything bad about him. Like, I have no problem doing it. He's, uh, when he told me I was going to drop the charge title, he was fucking laughing. He's like, come here. He's like, he's like, I, I just, it's going to be so good. So, uh, you know, and his, his, his like long winded type. So, bro, here's what's going to happen. Steven <laughs> is going to, you and Steven are going to wrestle. Tyler. Is gonna come in, you know. And you're like, come on, get to it. Like, okay, I get it, I get it. You, you, you can. You're like, 
Speed up, please. Sorry, you popped me a little bit. I was, I'm over here <laughs> laughing because I'm like, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but no, like anything he says at Rocky Mountain Pro, everybody's like, yeah, you're fucking Vince Ruth, though, bud. Of course I'm going to do what you tell me to. But for all the negative shit that's out there and all the Jim Cornette shit and all that stuff, like Vince cares about telling stories and having fun and entertaining fans. Sometimes it's not always right. Like, you know, the WCW stuff here and there, there are a couple of things that people, you know, shit on him for, but he's done a lot of really good stuff. It's a, I don't like the attitude era. Yeah. I actually addressed this with Matt. I said, look, you name me a booker writer, whatever, who can tell me everything that they've thrown out worked. He's lying. Uh, you know, you're Heyman's, you're, you know, and obviously Russo's in that, but you know, Cornette, they, they've all thrown out stuff that just didn't stick. Absolutely. That's just how it works, man. Yeah. Um, and even the stuff that sticks sometimes doesn't stick the way you wanted it to. Uh, yeah, you know, fucking crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's, it's about being able to adjust on the fly and say, Hey, we did this. This is how they reacted. So let's run with it like this. Uh, mm. they, if you've heard the story and I know you have obviously, but I always tell people, Austin 316 wasn't supposed to be Austin 316. It was a story of, hey, shit went sideways and it went like this and they ran with it and then Austin was born. You know, so and that's that's wrestling. If you if you if you if you quietly listen, the fans will tell you what they want and you can run with it. Um and uh I'll actually ask you a question because you you love obviously we we enjoy sitting here. We're we're talking wrestling at this point. Oh, I'm um, fine with that. So I'm going to ask you the, the, the controversial question, you know, and it's not. Roman Reigns, why the hell will they not listen? I know exactly why they won't listen. I love what they're doing. I love it. I love it. I love it. If, and this is just opinion, if Roman Reigns turned heel, so, so okay, so right now you and I are talking about it. There's a million people on the internet talking about it. So WWE's just saying, fuck, like, let's not change it. Right. We're driving everybody fucking nuts. And they can't stop talking about Roman Reigns. So if he comes out and he hits John Cena with a chair, Roman's over. Like, he's over hard. Where do you go after that? But fuck it, dude. Let's put another title on him and let's make him beat The Undertaker in his last match. And we'll flick off the fans and we're laughing super hard because it's just pissing them off. Like, WWE's generating their own heat so well. That one promo, when he said, it's my yard now, you know that one? Yeah. Um, did you see what he said without the microphone? Did you catch what he said? What, which one? Uh, so he's standing there, the fans are booing him. He's standing there for two fucking minutes looking around, and he's just smirking, and you can see his lips say, you're in the palm of my hand. Gotcha. Now, I didn't catch that, but I will. And the funniest <laughs> part is uh, on that recap show, I called that his best promo ever. Yeah, dude, it was. It, dude, holy shit! If yeah, you can't like you can't buy that and you can't write that shit. That's just like fan hate. Like we love to hate him. Like we love fuck fuck. I hate Roman Reigns. He's getting shoved down my throat. He is like the opposite of Daniel Bryan. It, the funniest but, thing of if I will and I and this is I catch the grief. I'm the guy on our on our network that sits there and says, I don't understand the hate from Roman Reigns. I think he's much better than anybody remotely gives him credit for. Because everybody always says, when he can't, oh, he can't wrestle. I'm like, okay, if you're still chanting that, you're an idiot. 
You nailed it. Yes. Because, uh, you know, in the beginning we tried to say, oh, it was because he was wrestling, you know, this wrestler that they were carrying him. And then I'm like, okay, well then he wrestled AJ. Oh, he's carrying him. Then he wrestled, you know, this guy. He car- I'm like, okay, at some point there's a, there's a constant in the, in the, you know, the variables are the other guys. You know, he does, he's not wrestling your, what you want him to wrestle, but he's wrestling. Absolutely. What sucks is wrestling fans. I mean, it doesn't suck. It's good because it's wrestling and it's all different and flavors of ice cream. You know, and not everybody likes butter pecan, you know, mm-hmm. that's from identity crisis. I'm sorry. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am under the firm belief that Roman Reigns carried the Undertaker in his last match. Oh, yeah. You tell me that motherfucker can't wrestle, and he's carrying the fucking Undertaker in his last match. Like, um, what fans kind of don't get is the term wrestling is fucking stupid. Um, the Big Show, when he was the Giant, did three moves, mm-hmm. and he's a great wrestler because he was wearing a singlet. He's tall, and he's got long hair, and yeah. But no, like wrestling is just—it's a character. Roman Reigns is awesome at being Roman Reigns. That doesn't mean he's going to go out and do fucking hammer locks in the fucking 540 flips and whatever. Like, he's just, he's who he is. Yeah. And I caught grief, just so you know, I caught grief for calling the, uh, the Braun, the first one, the first Braun Big Show match. I'm like, dude, it's one of the best matches I've seen in a while. When, so that you're not talking about the one where the ring broke, not right? the broke not the broken okay. ring the first one I actually I watched that and I go these guys worked really hard and yeah, I missed that yeah it just well my my take on it's real simple it's uh you know it's an old saying about wrestling it's the circus you've got the trapeze artists you've got the strong men you've got the lion yeah. tamers and they brought out something we have not had in a long long time with two monsters just killing each other. You know, dude, we're fucking carnies. That's literally how wrestling works. We go, we each go out and do the thing that we are good at for the fans so they can appreciate it. I can't fucking choke slam somebody, so I'm not gonna fucking do it. I mean, I'm a bad wrestler now, so I can't do a fucking choke slam. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's uh, flavors of ice cream. Not everybody buys into all of them. Absolutely correct. Some of them are chocolate dipped cones, Randy Orton. Uh, you know, some are. <laughs> And again, I, I always say he was born and bred for this business. There, if you ever said he was going to, you know, who was a wrestler, who was born to be a wrestler, I tell people it's Randy Orton, unfortunately. I mean, that's, that is what it is. Yeah. He's what, third, he's third generation, right? Yes, yeah. His, his grandfather, his father, and then him. And it's just yeah. insane because when you ask me, you know, technically in the ring, and I tell people all the time, I'm not telling you because I've never laced up the boots. I'm telling you what, you know, an Austin, a Taker, a Jericho, I'll take those guys' words for it. If they say the guy's a great wrestler, they know a little bit more than me. Oh, dude, Steve Austin could tell me that shit tastes good, and I would probably try it. Absolutely. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and then, so it's, you know, I don't get caught up in the, like, he sucks and he sucks. You know, I just sit there and say, look, admire who you like and, you know, enjoy, man. It's, just, it's, it's like we said earlier, it's wrestling. You don't have to love every single person that's out there wrestling. I go give them the respect they deserve because they, they've worked really hard to be where they are. And, you know, that's and even that, you know, across the board, like, you know, guys like, and it's you guys at Rocky Mountain Pro have completely sucked me into the product. And I, and I told Matt about it. I'm like, dude, I'm so, cause it, it, it screams out, you know, 
the 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 passion you guys have and the you know, the efforts you guys are putting in. And uh, as I call him, I mean, I'm like, hey, if it it's overachievement at its best, because you know he told me you know about the budget, and I'm like, you would not know that based on the product that you know that we see weekly and week out. Appreciate it. Yeah, Matt, dude, Matt's sacrificed literally everything for that product. Like it's it's like I mean the the guy is the strongest person I know. Um, I've seen him like at his low, like on a super low, but not because he's getting beaten or anything. It's just because he was sacrificing all of his time and all of his money. And then some things didn't work out and just all of this stuff. So that's when there's a core group of us that were just like, well, fuck, we're all in this together. Like we need to support him, like whatever. That's right. When I started, I, one of the reasons I really liked picking up the kids class is because it gave Matt a little bit of extra free time to like not be freaking out so much. Nice. Especially when I did that, um, was when the Hunt Channel. Did you guys go over that? The Hunt Channel. Uh, he, we we didn't just from the more of a, you know we I know about it. We talked a little bit off, off air when we did our interview. I just basically said, look, let's not do the negative. Let's just go with the positive. We focused on the fight app deal versus you know what uh, didn't what didn't happen. As I, I said, look, let's close the door that didn't happen and let's open the door that did and let's focus on the good thing. So got it. I'm into it. So, well, anyway, for the listeners, uh, we had a TV deal, and it fell through two days before it was set to air. Yeah. And that's when some of us were just like, you know, I mean, Matt was destroyed. He was like, Matt, how could you not be? Like, everything you've worked so hard for is about to come to fruition. Our our next direct competitors were Ring of Honor and TNA and, like, stuff like that. We were going to be one of them, and then it just fucking right through our fingers last second. And that's one of the reasons why I picked up the kids class. So I was like, how can I fucking help this guy? Short of giving him money from my bank. Like, yeah. what else can I do? I'll give him some free time at least. Fuck. Poor dude. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but that's, you know, and that's the great thing I've heard, you know, from you, from Mario. All the guys, it seems like it's very much a family environment. And it does come across. It does show in the product, like I said. Um, and even, you know, everything that you hear about the guy one of the big pluses that, you know, is that Russo stepped right in and, you know, he does same thing. He puts, you know, all of his efforts into it. Uh, he's a hundred percent. And, and then, you know, we didn't even go over cause some of the things I love to talk about is that, that the roster you guys, I had that you, I see super talented roster. And, you know, Thank you. Yeah. Including yourself. Like I said, when we, we were discussing the roster, your name came up. I mean, Matt was, you know, your name was one of the first ones that came up on the list. Uh, you know, we, so, uh, you know, and of course the ladies, I mean, he's huge, you know, he's really big on the ladies that are there, the Lockettes. Um, and so, and those are some of the ladies I'm going to have on. I've actually made it a point that maybe I'm going to have a week where I give the guys a break and just bring the ladies on for a week and, you know, talk to them. Oh, dude, they're so, they're so great, man. They're so, they're fucking, each one of them, they're out of their fucking minds, every one of them, in like the best possible way. Yeah, he, yeah I, I'm excited for you to sit down and talk to each one of them because they're so different. But some of the stories, man, some of the shit you're going to hear from some of them are just like, cool. It'll blow you away. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And um, but hey, before we go, there's you know we we share a mutual. We're not going to have a ton of time to talk about it, but I do want to ask you about it. I saw the tattoo on the arm. Just <laughs> gotta gotta know, gotta know. Tell me the story of the tattoo, man. And maybe one day we'll come on and we'll have a long-form show just about this. But you know, We'll just do comic books, bud. I'm fine with that. So what, you mean the Green Lantern one? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, as you, uh, I'll give you a quick story real quick, and then I'll let you run with it. 
uh, I used to own a comic book store. Oh my goodness. So that was my, you know, dream for the longest time was, you know, before this happened, it was a, you know, was to own a comic book store and kids would come in with their parents because she million times, you probably know what's a good comic book to have my kid read, you know, that kind of thing. And then they used to baffled when I would go green lantern and they're like, what, why? And I go, let me tell you something that I said that at the core of the character, I said, if you can sift through everything at the core of the character, what he's trying to teach your kid is if you have the will, you can make anything happen. And they're like, yeah. okay. I go, so why don't you teach your kid that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So go ahead and now tell me the story. Cause it, obviously the green lantern tattoo on your arm. I saw kind of tell me the story behind that. Uh, dude, I, um, really in the Marvel in 2004. I got an Avengers one above it and a bunch of other shit, like some, a Watchmen tattoo, Joker, Thor. Um, I read Green Lantern when I was a kid, but that's back when it was pretty, you know, like the Green Lantern core stuff from the 80s, mm-hmm. 90s and stuff. Then I, I gave it a rest. And 15 years later, I read Green Lantern Rebirth when Hal Jordan comes back. Hal Jordan, 10 years before this, became Parallax, yep. Coast City, and all this stuff. And um, that Rebirth book by, uh, um, I can't remember his fucking name. Do you remember his name? Uh, not off the top of my head. Is Johns, uh, did Johns do it? Je- Jeff Johns. Yeah, Jeff you. Johns, yeah. yeah. Um, it's so good, and it told such a good story. Kind of, I don't know, it. I fell right into where I needed to be for the Green Lantern storyline. Like, I didn't know what happened before. And I don't know what's going to come next, but fuck me, this is one of the coolest comic books I've ever read. Like, like it's just one of those, it's so good that I don't need to know. It's like a Lethal Weapon movie. I love the Lethal Weapon movies, and yeah. you can watch any of them and just get sucked in. You can watch Lethal Weapon 4 and not know anything and still feel like you're part of the fucking Riggs and Murtaugh family. Like... Because it's just done well, and the characters are good, and they're inviting, and it's fucking pleasant. Um, so right after I read that, I was working on this sleeve on my arm, and I was like, I'm getting the biggest one's going to be Green Lantern. And then I just kept reading Green Lantern on and on, and it just kept getting fucking better. The story of how Jordan's so interesting to me. And I don't know, it's just uh, the willpower thing, like you said, it just, uh, it's such an attractive character. Like, you want to be him. Hal Jordan knows, like, no fear. He can't say no to anything. Like, and if you tell him to fucking not do something, he's like, fuck you, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right. Yeah. And, and it's just it's fucking awesome. Like, I can read it all day long and never get sick of it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it's funny. You're talking about it. I turned because I look. Because the resurrection it's of right Co- the Coast City is right over here. Uh, my, my prize that I had for the longest time, it's not anymore, which actually I have the long story of that. My green lantern seven, which is first semester is hanging over here, over to this, over to this shoulder behind me. Um, and, uh, you know, now I've got a couple others. I've got a 76, uh, Neil Adam, first Neil Adams that I really love. The book's in great condition. Uh, and I have a first sentinels, you know, X-Men signed by Stan Lee at a comic con down here in Atlanta, which is so the- Sorry, I thought you were done. Yeah, no, it's fucking awesome, right? Yeah. Um, so good. And uh, it's just, you know, when I get this question a lot, like, who's the favorite Green Lantern? And it's funny because I all, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah look at, I, this was a Christmas present from one of my friends. 
and and it's for like a scale size power battery. <laughs> for our listeners, yes, I wish you know we don't have video, but he's he's carrying around his Green Lantern lantern, as I like to call from if you've watched Big Bang Theory. <laughs> it's the official Green Lantern lantern. Um, but yeah, dude, it's just that that whole character. I, Hal Jordan has just sucked us in, you know, and I it's because of the will, you know, and yeah, he lost his way there for a minute, <laughs> as I always jokingly say. Uh, but Hal always comes back, and uh, and and in what you said about the lethal weapon, my joke to that is I've always said the Green Lantern Corps is a buddy cop movie. It is absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so I'm obviously a diehard. So I will be remiss if I don't ask you what was your take the day that you sat in the seat because I'm sure you've seen it at this point, and you watched Green Lantern starring Ryan Reynolds. Oh boy! Oh boy! Um, so I actually didn't mind it as hard as everybody else did agreed and i don't know if it's because i'm a fanboy or what but i thought that they did when it was when they did it right it was kind of right some of it some of it don't don't quote me on that please um but ultimately i was a bag of shit yeah (laughs) the the end went sideways and i thought ryan reynolds was a very good uh very good choice for green lantern Absolutely. Can I can I debate you one thing though? It's funny the yes, day sir. the day they cast him, I turned to a buddy of mine who's a big comic book nerd, and I said, "I'm not arguing it because I'm a big Ryan Reynolds fan all the way back to Van Wilder days, and I'm really yeah. gonna." But I turned and said, "He should be the Flash. He should be Wally West." I'd agree with that. I, I'd give you that absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> That's awesome. you know, but anyway, there should have been. It could have been better, but I, I don't. I did not hate the movie. I'm like you, not as much near as a lot of other people did. Um, but it's yeah, it's still not the best one that they've ever done. No. no absolutely. Sorry. That's okay. No. So, uh, but anyway, uh, we maybe do that. Uh, you know, we're both Green Lantern fans. Obviously, I wanted to bring that up before before we ended, just because I saw the, on the on the sleeve there. Um, but hey, you know, it's you know been awesome having you on. Uh, I'm I'm obviously going to have you on again because me and you sound like we could talk for hours. Uh, oh, you know, but, and you, you're right. Maybe you know, I've got a I've got a couple friends of mine who do a podcast. That's what they do. They do comic books and movies and TV shows. And stuff. I said, maybe I give them a call and say, Hey guys, I got a guest for you. We can all do the, do a show together. Um, Dude, so, down for that. so definitely. Uh, but you know, before I let you go, I always turn the floor over to you guys. This is kind of your, your, your spot, you know, where can they, where can the fans find you merch, all that good stuff, you know, plug anything that you got that you want to plug before we get out of here. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so if you're in the Denver area, uh, Rocky Mountain Pro does shows uh, about three times a month. You can find us on Facebook at the Rocky Mountain Pro or the Mercury Pro Wrestling Academy. On Twitter, you can follow me at Killer Kurt Cole, or you can find me on Facebook just under Curtis Cole. Right now, my merch, my merch situation is depleted, so I have new stuff coming. So I, I don't want to push it and not have it. <laughs> But I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, But otherwise, you can catch all of season one of Rocky Mountain Pro Charged on YouTube. And you can catch all of the 100 episodes that we did before this first season on there also, which is actually a lot of pretty good stuff, especially Milestone 6. But um, uh, for right now, that's it. But, I mean, you're going to see a ton of stuff from us in the future. And I'm just thankful to every single one of you for your support. You guys are 
the whole reason I even want to do this. Thank you very much. Oh, awesome. And we always tell everybody, because we're obviously, you've probably noticed on Twitter, Fight App. We You can catch it yeah. all on the Fight <laughs> oh, App. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to let you forget, trust oh, me. Um, we, we always have the link there, you know, they can download the app and they can find you guys. The great thing is, is you can go back and watch it, you know, same thing all season one, you know, up to where it's airing now. Uh, it does air every Wednesday, 9 PM Eastern standard time. I always have to throw that in there. Uh, so it's, you know, like I said, you guys have hooked me line and sinker, man. The product's amazing. Uh, oh, I feel like such an asshole now. Ah, <laughs> don't worry about it. I, I got you back, man. I got you back. Trust me. Um, not a big deal. Uh, you know, but that's definitely, uh, I know milestone seven's coming in August. Is that correct? August, uh, sixth, I believe six, I think, I don't know. It's all over Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've shared it a couple of times. It's on our, it's on our Twitter. It's on our Facebook page as well. Um, and believe it or not, uh, after speaking to Matt, uh, my partner and I were sitting there going for Colorado, a long, long drive, but we hope we can possibly make it to milestone. That's going to be, that's, that's one of our targets that we're going to try to get, see if we can possibly get out there for that show. I you can, you can stay in my apartment. I appreciate it. (laughs) But, uh, it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, you know, Curtis Cole, follow him on Twitter, follow him on Facebook. Uh, I'm sure when the merch is back in, it'll be there. We'll make sure, Hey, when you get your shirts, you know, put them up and we'll put the link up on our Twitter as well. And on our Facebook page to share those out for you. Um, but man, thanks for coming on it's been a pleasure yeah thanks for having me but i appreciate it all right buddy take care now later on ladies and gentlemen we would like to personally thank curtis cole for coming on uh for the interview again uh phenomenal i had an absolute blast talking with it of course anytime i can uh sit and chat wrestling and comic books with somebody uh it's you know always a pleasure for me um he's a very young up-and-comer uh you know as far as the in the business uh definitely check him out on rocky mountain pro wrestling uh he's the former charged heavyweight uh champion which is essentially their television champion uh again rocky mountain pro wrestling on the fight app 9 p.m eastern time on the fight app uh definitely i said just can't miss entertainment they do a great job out there uh, you know, obviously last week we had on Mario Vanger, the heavyweight champion. We've had on Matthew Yaden, the owner. Uh, and, of course, you know, they've got very talented, you know, Mr. Vince Russo works out there as well, helping that promotion. Uh, it's a, so they're they're putting out a phenomenal product, you know. Uh, so definitely, like I said, highly recommend catching it on the Fight app. Um, and, you know, obviously the with that time constraint, me, me, Curtis and I could have gone on for probably easily another hour. Uh, so I promise you guys, it's probably, it's just, that won't be the last time Curtis is on with us. Um, you know, who knows next time we might ramble on for about an hour about comic books, the way, uh, we both were, uh, based on the conversations before and after the, uh, we recorded this episode. Um, but guys, Hey, if you, you know, got any feedback, would love to have it. You can always find us at tapped out wrestling podcast at gmail.com to send in those questions, comments, and opinions. Uh, of course you can find us on Twitter at tapped out pod at Tapped Out Pod. You can find us on Facebook at Tapped Out Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on our website. It's the easiest place, man. You go to tappedoutwrestlingpodcast.com. You'll find everything there. The Twitter, uh, you know, the links are all there for Facebook, the social media, the iTunes link, the Google Play link. It's all there so you can subscribe. 
Uh, and hey, I mentioned the Fight App. The Fight App link's on our webpage. You can click on it, download that link. Uh, you know, that's what we recommend. So at least kind of shows them, hey, we're we're supporting them as much as we can. Uh, so we kind of get the credit for the download. It's a free app, so hey, what I mean, there's no cost to you. So it's uh, just download and sign up and start watching some of the free wrestling on there. And of course, the uh, you've got the pay, the pay per views from Ring of Honor and uh, uh, Impact are on there. And of course, the other federations have their pay per views on there as well. Uh, then last but not least, our Amazon link is on there as well. Uh, basically, what we ask you to do, click on that link. It'll take you to Amazon. It, it just won't be Amazon.com. It'll be our referral link. Uh, the reason why we want you to do that, hey, it doesn't cost you a dime. Doesn't cost you, we're not asking you to buy anything. Make your regular purchases at the regular prices, and Amazon kicks a little coin for a little referral fee commission. Call it what you will to help support the uh, the cost that we have here, the overhead and that's all we ask. Just help, you know, support the show as much as you, you know, we, we enjoy doing these shows for you. Just kind of help return the favor. Like I said, like I said, nothing extra. Just do what you normally would do. And as long as you use our link, they'll take care of us on the back end. Uh, and, hey, guys, hey, that's, you know, we're pretty much ready to get out of here. But uh, definitely look forward to it. We got more guys coming on from Rocky Mountain Pro. Uh, definitely got some of the ladies is kind of where I'm heading in the next little bit of direction. Uh, you check out Rocky Mountain Pro. The, the Lockettes division is an amazing, entertaining division. Uh, and I'm looking forward to having those ladies on as well. Uh, so with that, guys, it's time for us to tap out. <laughs>